witches. Welcome to another It's a Stevie Nicks podcast. Hey, Melinda. Hey, Leslie. So we're here today for one specific reason, and that's to talk about the 24 Karat Gold concert that we both just saw. Yeah, I saw it last night. And Leslie, you like totally like jumped the gun, right? You t- when did you watch it? Like the second your 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 payment cleared, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't start at midnight on Tuesday, or, or actually Friday. I, I watched. I wait till work ended that day. But yeah, I did see it, and I've and I've seen that show before twice live as well. So I was really interested to see how it filmed, and you know the choices mm-hmm. they made with that. So right. since it's all 100 percent new to you, I mean, okay, you've seen it. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah, of course, right. Um, yeah, it was amazing. I I really enjoyed the the storytelling so much, and uh, kind of the the depth of some of the stories that I kind of heard already actually had more stories to them. Which, like the Prince story, for example, uh, really had another layer to it that I wasn't even aware of. Which was she had actually made his acquaintance Beforehand, at one yeah. point. Yeah. And how she chastised him mildly. You know, you, dude, you got to start talking. I'm pretty sure it's not going to shock anybody to hear me say the music was freaking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It given. was recorded so well. Mm hmm. So well. Being at that show was like two of my favorite things I've done <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> Just being able to hear all those songs and not have it be just, you know, Dreams, Rihanna, Gypsy, mm-hmm. Gold Dust Woman, all those are great. But mm-hmm. getting to hear um, Belladonna, The Wild Heart, Crying oh in God. the Night. Yes. Yeah. Golden Braid. Oh, right. Kicking it off with Golden Braid, yeah. no less. This I is know. just like the total present for the fans with the capital F. What was your favorite song on the in the concert video? Um, I would probably go with the fan favorite. I think everybody's been saying Moonlight and I concur. And, uh, yeah, I really did enjoy that. And, uh, as also a Prince fan, a big time Prince fan, I, it was devastating just to hear her say his name. I like mm-hmm. instantly burst into tears. Oh. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Uh, and and having that other context on there uh, yeah. gave it more depth and resonance for me, even though I am aware that the song is uh, an allusion to the Twilight series. And she yeah. says so herself yeah. in the concert. And I hate that crap, personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite but, either. Uh, no, I tried to read it once. It's awful. Oh, uh, if, you tried if, to read it? I just tried to watch yeah. the movie. I had some like peer pressure going on at the time I was working in a corporate call center and all the basics were surrounding me and insisting that I personally would like it. And so I decided to give it a shot. And, you know, I love vampires. Everybody loves vampires. I think for the most part, most Stevie fans get the vampire thing, but Mm -hmm. that book would have been a better book if it was written by somebody who knew how to write. And that's all I'm going to say. That's it. I don't want to judge anybody, but I'm a picky person when it comes to (laughs) writing. And maybe I could switch gears to the movie 
the movie series if I wanted to, but I know that I'm just going to be distracted by Kristen Stewart and not really paying any attention. So I'll just be real here. Okay. Just being distracted real. by her. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's like kind of hot and stuff. So. Oh I'm my like, God. Mm. She's like so young. <laughs> no, well, I'm just saying though. And that's yeah. like young, young, young. Like, like, like I'm going to seriously pursue anybody in that age range but if yes. i'm going to be forced to watch that movie yeah then i'm just going to watch what is at least entertaining to me as a as a human being and that's about as good as it gets okay and that's not that great all right yeah <laughs> let's please make that clear i only date in my age group <laughs> So I'm going to go to the graveyard after this. <laughs> See what I can find. I had a hot Tinder date over there. So. so one of the things I was really curious about was if Moonlight, if the energy that was in the live show actually transferred to, you know, a recording. And it sounded like it seems like it did from everyone's reaction. I remember sitting there watching this. And as the song went along, and this is not a song I ever gave, paid any attention to. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, man, this is intense. I mean, I can't even tell you. It was like the feeling in the room was so intense. Like Stevie was 100% in that moment mm-hmm. feeling the mm-hmm. song. You know, this song Moonlight on the album on uh, In Your Dreams where it first appears is it lacks the urgency and the um, darkness, I think, of the live performance. I think part of the reason is the rhythm it at some point it kicks in this rhythm that's very skippy hoppy mm, which doesn't mm. t- for me for me mm-hmm, it does not go mm-hmm. it takes me out of what the actual song um is about and it sort of takes me away from that minor key feeling into mm-hmm. like a, what the hell why are we skipping along i'm gonna play the yeah. rhythm in the background as i'm talking okay. so people can know what i'm talking about and i noticed that when she plays this live they have lost to some extent those drums. So I think that's part of what makes it better in the 14 karat gold live version is you don't have those skippy happy drums. And I'm sure there's a a drummer is probably listening to this going insane because there's some, you know, exact like technical word for it, but it just takes (laughs) away from the song entirely and made it mean, you know, just, I don't know. So when I saw it live and like the intensity and it's so sort of intimate actually with just Mm -hmm. Stevie, a piano and the drums don't come until later and they build Mm -hmm. very slowly. Um, Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. Yeah. I love that build up too for that. That was beautiful. It's beautiful. The other thing that I love about Moonlight and I also like about the song um, Lady, which Melinda, I heard you singing for a few minutes before we started the podcast. And I know I suck, but that's okay. It doesn't stop me. But um, it is the raw, her raw voice in Moonlight and also in Lady, um, the older version of Lady, the one that that was actually recorded on the album, um, mm-hmm. on some album. I can't remember if it's uh, In Your Dreams or 20, I think it's 24 Karat Gold. 24, yes, yeah. 24 Karat. It's just her, that's her just like an intimate raw voice. And I love that. I do too. I do too. And uh, yeah, Lady is this completely unvarnished. I mean, it probably is through the production yeah, process, totally. but still, it's as close as I've ever heard mm-hmm. to unvarnished Stevie and the and the, the rawness of the emotions. Even in the twenty four karat gold version, oh um, yeah, it's still very present. And it, just like a little tiny case in point, I. I 
one time I was playing the video on my television and my girls were there. One of what? girl of eight of lady. Okay. And, and my eight-year-old and my 13-year-old, which my 13-year-old is always buried in her device. My eight-year-old is basically a squirrel in human clothing. Mm-hmm. And they both just stopped and just uh-huh. focused on that. And I really think that it was the, the that emotional urgency in her voice yeah. that really pulled them in. They both just sat there. And so still, I, 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 and I wasn't, you know, doing my, you guys need to listen to this amazing song with them. No, I wasn't doing that. What my dad used to do. I was like, you turned into a man. (laughs) Right. No, I know that's my dad's voice coming out of my face, but uh, I didn't do that either. So just so you know, it was just, I just looked up and there they both were just mesmerized. So that song and that, that urgency just embedded in her voice. Yes. If you haven't listened to Stevie Nicks song, Lady. Uh, do it put headphones on i find i like that it, I, yeah at some point she likes she has so much power coming out of her voice um out of her throat that i feel like she's gonna sing her face off like i feel like her face is just blowing mm-hmm. back and it's mm-hmm. just like pure you know um, raw, raw soul urgency. yes yeah i love that song i probably listened to that song a hundred times just in the last two years <laughs> I sing it all the time, as you yeah. know. It's one of the songs that I I feel as though is in my, my range to sing, and yeah. I love how her inflections are kind of different than any other song. I, you yeah. know, when when she says here, you know, she just has this little lilt in her voice that I will not replicate. I no. I care about my listeners, <laughs> and I will not do that. But the way she sings here, I don't think I've ever heard her clearly do something like that with her voice and it was it's a treat lady is all aces in my book i can't tell you how awesome it was standing there and hearing um the wild heart and belladonna that's like it's just so amazing i mean oh my god i i hope we can tour again i wish she would go out and not i mean unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately you have a lot of people who probably don't really know her catalog who would try and get tickets for the show because of <laughs> dreams um but it would, i i just uh, yeah i always had dreams of her doing like a small theater tour but that is never going to happen no well they would be doing she would be doing them an immense favor by luring them in with dreams and hitting them with anything from wild yeah, heart totally. and belladonna and i i will say that i came in on uh the game with stevie just before the wild heart hit and i was there for the first single and the video and all of this, this this huge onslaught of Stevie Nicks came with the wild heart for me. You know what's weird that she didn't do uh, was she didn't do uh, has anyone ever written anything for you or Beauty and the Beast, which are like two. I consider those like two songs that are very much alike and mm-hmm. feel. But mm-hmm. I thought that I, I expected that she would do one of those. And um, it's kind of weird that she didn't have that in her 24 karat gold tour. Those two songs were kind of conspicuous in their absence, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But so then again, I mean, a lot of people are really big um, Rock a Little fans. Zero Rock a Little content. Yeah, because Rock a Little is pretty so, depressing. It is actually, and and it, it, it that one is. But I hear a lot of people say that's their favorite era and that's their favorite album. That's because they probably I, came into it. During that time is my guess. 
yeah, that could very well be. Uh, but yeah, it's not a cherished memory, the the rocket little thing. It was actually what Stevie mentioned in, I think she kind of did a little nod towards that was when she was talking about Prince and saying, well, there was a time where he was worried about me when I was somebody to be worried about. And that was the rock a little era. And she was someone to be worried about. And I was glad to hear that those songs that were so colored by that troubled time were not on there. This was a celebration. This wasn't like a greatest hits victory lap. This was a celebration of Stevie as a solo artist and Stevie as a survivor. And I feel as though you can see that and hear that in her version of Gold Dust Woman. And I'm going to tell you why. When you listen to Gold, just go back in time. Listen to your rumors. Listen to it there. Okay, fine. Well and good. It's beautiful production. Everything. It's a classic instantly. Then you watch the concert from 1981 and sing her, see her singing Gold Dust Woman. At her this solo point, concert? Yes. The yeah. White Winged Dove one on HBO. Yeah. That, it almost, it almost seems like a glorification, almost like a pantomiming of this this character who was really herself and at this point she was still on her own uh, on her own two feet here being the gold dust woman hadn't this the, the the grave that was dug with the silver spoon was only about two inches deep <laughs> at this point as we know stevie's trajectory with the addiction issues and that she didn't actually come around to rehab and 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 survival and strength until after rock a little so we had a good chunk of time between the time you see it in 1981 to the time when it actually became a reality when gold dust woman became a reality you know and and when you see her singing it now I feel as though she is, and she says it, it, her crackhead dance, she calls it, is where that drug addict comes out and is just wild for the drugs. And and I felt like, yes, this is Stevie actually turning and facing the truth of Gold Dust Woman. She is actually clawed out of that grave herself, and she's singing like she did. Mm-hmm. And it, it was an extraordinary experience to to listen to Gold Dust Woman in this context. It was fantastic if if and i was there during the rock a little eras era and so were you rock a little is a very dark time and to see her just say hey you know what here here's this person right now isn't she terrifying but i have her under control and that was just like that's where the celebration comes in as a survivor that was fantastic it was just like <sighs> yeah uh, that sigh of relief stevie made it you know yeah I remember um, I I came to Stevie I think just after the Wild Heart was released mm-hmm. a little bit after, and We're probably uh, without about a month between when I started with her and a, and you did. I am in not a way. Sure. Uh, well, I'm just saying within that summer. But anyways, it's, it's a it's a technicality. Go ahead. Sorry. It's okay. Um. Um. But anyway, I remember um, Rock a Little was like my first album where I liked her before the album came out. And so I was really excited for the album and um, I wasn't too much into talk to me, but just seeing her was amazing. You know, like I waited for that video. And then um, it was sometime after that was released. um, I was sitting in my room and there was a knock on my door. I live with my parents, of course. Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, preteen or something, a tween. So anyway, um, um, you know, 
at my at, at home. My mom knocks on the door, which she never does. Like she she always she just leaves me alone. So I was like, what the hell? So she comes in and she sits down on my desk at my excuse me on my bed with me. She's like, I need to talk uh-huh. to you. I was like, oh my god, my oh, parents are getting divorced. My uh-huh. parents are getting divorced, or I got caught doing something. You know, I was okay. like, oh my god. She's like, I should tell you something. I'm like, okay, Stevie Nicks is going to rehab. <laughs> it was like a thing my parents were scared to tell me. And, uh-huh. and I just remember thinking, yes, I'm so glad because I knew yeah. even as a young kid listening to um, uh, Rock a Little that she was in trouble. Like I, you could yeah. tell from that. There was no way you couldn't. Yes. And so Absolutely. my parents, for some reason, thought I was going to be devastated that she had a drug problem. But I was just super happy she was getting help. <laughs> Stevie is getting off of drugs, and now, Leslie, you must get off the drug. That is Stevie Nicks, apparently. (laughs) I remember that era very well, and at the time, it was – please know this, that in the 90s, bad taste – and and heartlessness was considered cool and edgy. Okay, yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay was the the big comic and all of that crap. Okay, and I was a young person at the time, and I was totally absorbing that bullshit. And I thought it was really cool. I was like a freshman in college, and I would say I would go to the record store, and I knew the guy in the record store, and he knew I liked Stevie Nicks. And I would say things like, well, Stevie Nicks' death wash is still going on, man. Ha, ha, ha. I did that. I did that. I was such an asshole. You remember yeah. me when I was younger, too. You remember I was kind of an asshole even then. Um, but then I was even unbearably an asshole. And I would make jokes like that. But that was only to mask the fact that I was. You really gave a shit. I did. I did. Yeah. I brought that up a lot. And I, I lost like one of my earlier idols, Andy Gibb, just like a year before that. I love that dude, man. He was a pretty and boy. He was a good looking lady that was a guy. The you know, only hairy chested woman I ever found attractive. <laughs> and <laughs> joke. Uh, but um, yeah, so I had already kind of gotten hit in the face with the death of Andy Gibb. So uh I was like getting just basically stealing myself for the possible loss of Stevie Nicks through the only way I could do at that time, which was tasteless asshole nineties edgy quote unquote edgy humor. Even though it wasn't and the nineties. <laughs> it was not it wasn't yet the nineties. Well see, I was so cutting edge, Leslie. Yes, you were ahead of your time. <laughs> I was so ahead of my time of being an asshole. <laughs> The one, yeah, one thing about the concert that was really awesome um, live was the all the imagery in the background. I mean, some of it was a little cheesy, mm-hmm. like "oh, it's a horse," <laughs> you know. But, um, but it was uh, it was kind of amazing, just the full stage production. What did you think? I liked it. I especially liked it when she uh, talked about Prince. Uh, the photo of her and Prince on stage together. I had never seen that before. I don't think that's any, it's not a photo. I think that's a photo of Prince alone and her alone and merged together. Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't think that's them. Yeah. It looked like they were on stage together. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Okay, It could very well be the case. And another thing that I, uh, just on the Prince thing, it sounded like he played guitar on stand back, but the common knowledge that I have been exposed to was that he played the keyboard on it period mm-hmm. and and to hear that he actually did the guitar i'm like of course he did it sounds like him 
And uh, so, yeah, the visuals of him with her were wonderful to me. And yes, I cried like a baby anytime Prince was invoked. And I love that she added, I would say, just going from there. What I really enjoyed from this concert was her adding and kind of merging Prince into Edge of Seventeen, mm-hmm. uh, because Edge of Seventeen, as I've been saying all along, is just continually morphing through time, even by her own creation. Mm-hmm. And and now the references go from the death of John Lennon to the death of Prince. And through time, it just becomes a reality, and it still it fits with Prince. And when she says, "I know what it sounds like." When doves cry, I was like, "Of course, that's perfect." Still within this song, she made this begin again in a way. It's it was wonderful. So that in particular really stood out to me as a good moment, and the visuals with Prince in particular were wonderful. Cool. Well, yeah, go, uh, watch the twenty four karat gold concert if you haven't. It's awesome. Um, it's amazing. Especially <laughs> appreciate Moonlight and. Next, our next episode, we will continue on with Belladonna. We kind of dropped that for all the things that have been coming up Stevie related, but we're going to go back to talking about the songs on Belladonna. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Hello Witches Podcast. On Twitter, it's Hello Witches Pod. And you can email us at Hello Witches Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Mm-hmm.